same time, 7.40 here. All right. Uh, so I'm just going to check if it's recording. Say yep. your name for me. Sammy Williams. Hmm. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know about that, but we'll give it a go. I think let's give it a go. And anyway, we can make this a part one. Yeah, that's right. Uh, part 1.2, is that what we're doing? <laughs> well, it is good for people listening to remember that um, life goes on. That's right. Even when you're trying to change the world through making art, that doesn't mean yes. that suddenly you don't have to sort out your young child. That's right. Um <laughs> Are you trying to change the world? Um, I I suppose I am in a way, like a, a little way. Like I'm trying to give uh, street dancers in Brisbane a different opportunity other than competitions and uh, corporate entertainment. Yes. Yeah, so I suppose that's a change. Would yeah. you count yourself in that population? Uh, I have I have a role in that in that population. Mm. I suppose. I suppose because I exist kind of in both the contemporary dance world and the commercial world. Like, yeah, I kind of sit across it. What What do you reckon is the, I guess, what is the thing that you get the opportunity to leave behind when you're not working for corporate entertainment or for competition? Like, what is the thing that doing that style of dancing and that genre of dancing but in a different context? Mm. Mm. I feel like I get to leave behind um, image a lot Mm. because I feel like so much of that world is based on uh, trying to impress people, trying to, you know, make sure that you look good, that the moves you're doing are good. I feel like there's um, there's a real pressure to be the best rather than just to be. Yeah, right. And it's yeah. it's like um, the focus is less on the piece that you can or the experience that you can facilitate together and more on yeah. how this particular um, sentient being in this particular body. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Hmm. And I, I feel like that exists in the freestyle world when people aren't battling. I mm. feel like, you know, my favourite time to watch freestylers is when they're training. Yes. Um, or when they're just jamming, and I've always preferred that myself. Like when, I've, when I started breaking, my favourite time was when we were jamming at the club or on the, you know, wherever we could find space rather than battles. Like, I think, yeah. And that is that... Was, yeah, definitely my favourite time. How would you... I've got a project that I'm working on that's coming up, mm-hmm. which is about these murky lines for me, Yeah. which is um, which dance jams and freestyles can I go and be a part of and mm-hmm. which ones can I not be a part of? <laughs> and it, it's kind of coming from this idea that like – living in a multicultural society, it means that there are groups of people that are doing dances that I don't know how to do, but I, 
I should understand. Uh, like I should be curious to understand. And some of them, people are like, well, just go and learn. If it's house dance, people are like, just go and learn if it's break. Um, or maybe mm. then it gets a bit more murky if it's like Slavic folk dance. But it's yeah, still, yeah. <laughs> but if there's like a, a community of people that I share this city with, then I feel yeah. like we should be able to share culture as well as commerce as well as taxes <laughs> and yeah, like how yeah. I don't know yet how to share in a way that is not presumptuous in a way that is not appropriation but I do think that um I that embodying something like that helps the understanding and it's exactly what you're talking about with freestyles where you're like well this is yeah. the time where we somehow I don't know do I so it's a long-winded way of me asking, can you talk about what is different when you're freestyling than when you're doing other kind of dancing? Oh, you mean like in the commercial world? Uh, in, any, in any sense. In any genre? Yeah. In like, any genre. Cause f- I think the, the difference when you're freestyling is... Um, is that it's a, a lot of the time it's about exploration and it's about yourself. Mm. It's about finding um, new pathways and different feelings in your body rather than um, trying to perform. You know, I think that sometimes we can get caught up in performing and entertaining people um, and forget about what things feel like. But I think also that it can it can happen the reverse as well sometimes you see performers and you're like, oh man, they're way too in it. They've forgotten that I've even watching, you know? Mm. And sometimes I think that the flip side can happen. So um, it depends what context you're doing it in, I suppose. But True. Yeah, it's definitely about awareness of self and awareness of audience. And do you think... And the balance between those two things. Okay. Tell me more about that and then how you deal with that when you're making work for audience to come and see but of course you want it to come from a place that is different to the um, yeah. presentational and the or and yeah yeah that's right and I think at the moment I'm I'm still kind of struggling with that like <laughs> I think it's one of those never-ending battles um, and I think especially with this work one way that I'm making for in for performance in October hmm. um, it's you know, I know that I'm aiming this, well, I want everyone everyone to come see it, but I know in particular I want, you know, my hip-hop community to come and see it. And so I am thinking about them, like what are they used to watching? How can I draw them in but then push them um, to kind of feel something different, see something in a new way, that kind of thing. So, you know, um, yeah, it's a constant, a constant thought. Like, um, is there too? Is this too slow? Am I going to lose them? Is this too much of the same choreography for too long? You know that kind of thing. Because I think the audience that um, is the hip hop world, they're used to seeing things that are quick and fast and done. Um, yeah, and so then... yeah, I think how to sustain that audience into a longer show, I think, is um, a challenge for me at the moment. I guess it's in a like often when you're thinking about an audience that doesn't go to a theater, you're thinking about an audience that never sees dance 
But in this situation, mm. you're thinking about an audience that is very dance literate. Yes. Yeah. Hmm. But in a different way, they're dance literate in the YouTube, uh, Instagram, um, <laughs> <laughs> dance competition, yeah. dance battle kind of way. So it's kind of giving them, you know, the same content, but in, I mean, yeah, the same content, but in a different context, like, you know. Yeah. I did a show, well, not a, I did a project last year called I Learned My Cultural Dance from YouTube. Uh-huh. And it was exactly this thing that you're talking about where if I was to think about how I learned to dance and who I dance like, it's not this um, inherited, uh, geographically specific dance form anymore. Mm. It's like come yeah. from people my age all over the world. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Do you, so is that you as well? Do you watch a lot of dance? Yeah, definitely. I feel like, um, well, yeah, my first influences for dance was Michael Jackson, Janet Jackson, um, you know, and I think a lot of, a lot of that style of dance is, it's just so international. Yes. Um, and then also growing up in Australia as someone who's, you know, first generation Australian from Indian immigrants and assimilating and not having um, a connection to dance culture or my own dance culture, um, it it has often felt like, yeah, that I'm that it's not my own, this street dance culture, but um, it is welcome to be a part of it. Mm. Does that make sense? Yeah. Um, yeah, it does make but sense. It, it is often a question. It's like, oh, well, you know, this this originated in the States and we've brought it here or it's, we've taken influences and we've, we've developed a scene here in Australia. And, yeah, I don't know. It's a strange feeling to, to feel connected but disconnected mm. at the same time. Yeah. Do you think... That there, because there were other dancing that came to us by via videos and pop yeah. culture. Like yeah. I'm thinking of Dirty Dancing, and I'm thinking yeah, oh, sure. Strictly Ballroom. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I wonder why that didn't take you as much as MJ and Janet and yeah. Or like if that. it didn't make it into your household, maybe you didn't watch it or. Yeah, no, I didn't see Dirty Dancing until I was much older. I think my parents were quite strict. Oh, um, it was a bit, a yeah. little bit too raunchy. Yeah, I think it was. Mm. Um, Strictly Ballroom, I did watch. I do remember seeing that. It was a big deal, um, being an Australian director and all that, an Australian movie. Mm-hmm. Um, why didn't it take off? I think maybe because it's not as connected to pop culture. Like... You know, around the, that time, I would have been primary school, high school, and we were all listening to, we were just listening right. to pop music. So, yes. I think the con- the connection to of what's popular in music always kind of rules what's popular in dance. Yes. I mean, you see it. You see it now with the um with the fad dances that are going through. Like, mate, I can't keep up. I have to get my kids at school to teach me. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Because the the rate that music comes out now, yeah. 
and all of a sudden there's another dance challenge going on. Yeah. You know? And it's and it used to be like if I take a daggy example and think about, say, the yeah. nut push, that's yeah. actually many bars of choreography. But yeah, if I take right. a, a more recent example and think about the Dougie or something yeah. like that, it's a move. Yeah, that's right. Or what's the, the big one now is that flossing move. You know, it's like one move and it's... Which one? Tell me about this move. Do you, you know the one with the backpack kid that went viral? Um, look, I'm looking it up now because I want to know um, what we're talking yeah, about. Yeah, you basically like you have your arms straight, you swing your hips from side to side and yes. you just go through your arms. That's called the floss. Yes. But now, even after that, now the new move is, is shoot. There's a song that goes shoot, 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 and you like kick your leg and pump your arm like you're at a rave. Yes, I've seen that one as well. Yeah. Okay, yeah. dance crazes like boil down to a move. Yeah, yeah, because I feel like in the 90s, like, New Jack Swing was, like, the fad dance, but it was a, it was a whole genre, and sure, it had, like, moves like The Running Man and Freddy Krueger and Roger Rabbit and, and stuff like that, but there were, like, variations of those moves, and they were grooves. Yes. You know? Yes. Whereas I feel like the moves now, there's no real variations on them, like, in, in terms of, like, popular culture like it's it's just like that move got it yep done let's move on to the next dance craze you know like yeah and I want to ask you about when you're in a studio and you're doing a process and Mm. you're I don't know tasking or choreographing or do you feel like if one of these moves comes out of your body, you're like, oh, that's that move. I can't do that. Or if I do that, I'm definitely doing that move. I'm not just doing a movement style. Or Yeah, I haven't had that situation happen yet. Um, Have you got uh, your dancers to wear backpacks? Like the backpack? No, not yet. <laughs> <laughs> I, I distinctly I, remember I seeing that... Come, I think they come out like... Um, just like when we're mucking around for fun, but they haven't really come out in tasks or anything yet. Nah. How do you task? Um, I I give the dancers a couple of constraints around like uh, a concept. I usually try to box them in a little bit and then see how they kind of break out of it. Mm-hmm. Um, improv, so filming improv or sometimes saying, all right, I want two lots of eight that does something like this go have a play, come back, show me, and then work on it kind of thing. And do you know what you're hoping to see or do you know what you're looking for before it happens? Um, I think think sometimes I know what I'm looking for, but I think I'm more interested to see what the dancers bring and quite often they bring things that I have not thought of, which Mm. are way better. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So I love seeing that. Um, It's also been – I mean – Currently, we're in the process of just recapping. We're only going to start recreating uh, this coming week. But in the previous development, there were a few dancers that were new to tasking because obviously with street dancing, you know, commercial dancing, you know, make up a routine in one night, done, perform it. Um, Which is a task, isn't it? It's like, and, and the task is like the unspoken task of be 
make that thing that you're making when you, you make up a routine, yeah. make it as cool as possible. Yeah. yeah, that's right. And a few of my um, dancers struggled with, um, you know, the time constraint. I was like, I just want you to make up two lots of eight and um, and then we'll kind of play with it from there. They struggled with that idea of, of it not being perfect straight away. Cause you know, just like bringing a, a rough draft kind of thing. Yeah, right, because usually they would work on it until it was done, but you want to yeah. work on it with them. Yeah, yeah. So that was a really new way of working for them, um, you know, for them to let go as well. Um, and so explaining that was, was interesting for me, like working with people who hadn't really tasked in that way before of bringing raw kind of material um, and just seeing where it goes. Yeah. So that was... Um, that was a really cool learning process, yeah. Which is another funny thing about when you're in a jam situation because there's somehow permission for raw material in a jam. Yeah, yeah, that's right, yeah. Hmm. Um, what's the name of the work? Called One Way. Awesome. One Way. Um, and how did you choose the team that you're working with? What um, did you need them to have? A good foundational style in popping and break. Yeah. Um, and then just like good grooves, uh, a unique kind of voice in their own way of moving. Mm. Um, yeah. Yeah. People that I was interested to work with. Um, because they're cool? Because they're cool. Because <laughs> I admire what they do already. Mm. So, yeah. yeah. This time around, I've had a couple of dancers who can't be in it due to injury and then being away. Um, yeah. So, we found a couple of people to replace them. Um, so, that'll be interesting um, working with them when they're coming in and just learning material. Yeah. Um, because, you know, the first develop well, the previous development, you know, I really focused on, okay, these are my dancers. I want to work with them on their style so that they're performing movements that works on their bodies and all of that kind of thing. So now, you know, we don't really have time to go through that whole process again. No. So the couple of new dancers that are coming in are going to be learning, like relearning material. Um, and then there's only a couple of new sections to kind of extend the work. So, That'll be interesting to see how those performers, you know, work with that material and to see if I'll need to change it or um, that kind of thing. Um, can I ask you about the journey? The what, sorry? The journey. The, the journey, journey of the what? Yeah. Uh, or the process. Um, well, I'm mostly interested in process, but I think we uh -huh. can get to some of it through the work. Like, what is it that you're hoping yeah. that people who come to watch, what are you hoping happens to them? I hope that they feel a sense of uh, wanting to follow their dreams. Oh, my God, that sounds so cheesy. <laughs> but yeah. It's important. <laughs> That's exactly what I want them to feel, that, um, you know, that they don't have to be... Uh, following the rules of society, yes, <laughs> which we all have to do at points in our lives, and um, well, there are good uh, rules like, you know, yeah, just because you disagree with someone doesn't mean you can hit them. 
Yeah, and then there right. are silly rules that are like you have to be spending this much time every day with people that you don't like. Yeah, yeah, or doing something that you don't like. Yeah, because uh, yeah. it has some weird prestige attached to it. Yeah, that's right. And I, I suppose the um, that kind of story is, oh, not story, that theme is something that, you know, sits in your life no matter what stage of your life you're in. Like I started making this work, it was a 10-minute piece in 2010, and it was really at a time when I kind of moved back to Brisbane um, after travelling and freelancing a lot and really struggling with fitting into the Brisbane lifestyle. Yeah. And then now what, it's like eight years later and I still feel like that. (laughs) (laughs) But just in a different phase of my life, you know, and I think that that feeling, it never really goes away no matter where you are in your life. I mean, I don't know about when I'm 50, I'm not there yet. But, um, you know, I feel like so far it's still there. (laughs) um, Can you talk a little bit more about what is the, what are the things that you're not, fitting into or what are the things that are not fitting into you or yeah I suppose it's just those um those age old uh, expectations of getting married have a job have a kid um you know get the house get the clothes get the car all that stuff you know and um the last two years I've been working in a in a high school I've gone from full time and then to part time now with having having a kid gone down that path so um you know just how do I sit in the in that world and do what I want to do and still be an artist how do I how do I make that happen and there has been um you know quite a few times this year where I've questioned my decision to continue trying to create this work you know where it's like oh well it's going to be a lot of pressure on on my family to help me out to get this done is it is it worth me doing this, you know, and not spending that time with my child or, you know, um, putting in the kind of financial sacrifice for that as well? All of those questions around that sit with me <laughs> through this process. Mm. Yeah. And do you, like, what are the, what are your feelings around it at the moment? Is it worth the financial I've, sacrifice and is it worth Yeah. The- I feel like it is. I feel like, um, for, especially for my mental health, I feel like it has to be. Yes. <laughs> um, I honestly couldn't imagine it any other way. Yes. Um, yeah. You know, time will tell. Let's see how these next three <laughs> months go. And then maybe I'll come out of it and go, I'm, I'm not doing that again. Or I'll come out of it and I'll go, that was totally possible and I'm totally doing it again. You know, um, yeah. <laughs> but I see, I see so many amazing women around me with kids that are pursuing other things other than their jobs. You know, I feel really inspired. I think that's one of the one of the plus sides to the social media network is that you do get inspired by by people. I mean, it can also make you feel like you're doing nothing with your life. Oh, every single day. <laughs> every single. Day. I fire it up, and I think. I just want to share this cool thing that I found on the internet. It's like a comic stripper. I just want, I just want to show everyone this yeah. cool flower that I walked past. Yeah. And then the first 20 people have just won awards or something, or they've just been to yeah. the moon. 
totally, totally. So I, I feel like it's possible, um, but yeah. We'll see how, let's have another interview in three months and I'll tell you how it went. Okay. I'm going to put it in the date. I can't wait. Do you think that um, uh, it sounds like what you're saying is that you don't know if it's a good idea or not, but what you do know is that it's not an option. Yeah, that's right. I feel like I need to do it. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Um, yeah, I feel like I have to do it. I feel like it's just been so long in the making that if I don't do it, I feel like there'll be a little part of me that won't be complete. Yes. Yeah. And you decided not to perform in this one? Yeah, I've definitely decided to sit on the outside. Yeah. And how's that feeling? Is it helpful? Um, yeah, I think so. <laughs> I haven't had the whole cast together this last week, so this next week will be the whole cast, so I'll get a bit more of an outside eye. So I have been kind of just dancing with whoever I can get at rehearsals at the moment, and that um, has been really nice to move. Mm-hmm. Um, and it makes me go, oh, I really want to perform in this, but then I do have to remember, no, I want to be an outside eye because I know that if when I get to you know the bulk of it, I'm going to be like, oh, I don't want to be in this. I want to be watching this from the outside, so... Yeah, it's a different way of taking care of the thing that you're making. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. I need to have um, an objective opinion on it on everything, and I can't do that from the inside. So, yeah. What's your so Wombat Radio follows this uh, structure of three questions, which is what, uh, yeah. what are you doing, how are you doing it, and then why bother. And I feel like we've hit most of those. Yeah. <laughs> um, very rapidly. It's like uh, yeah. being a mum and making a work and yeah. having a job has really made you quite efficient. Yeah. <laughs> like, get it done. No get it time done, to move it on. <laughs> um, do you feel like it's a bigger deal being... Uh, being a woman, now on top of being a woman, ha- having a child that you're raising, and then on top of that, being across multiple dance styles, and then across, on top of that, trying to make a show that takes dance styles away from their native environment and puts them in other environments, and then like wanting to take the your team on this journey as well as w- then wanting to take the audience on a journey that somehow asks them to ask themselves bigger questions about their own lives. Yeah, yeah. Um, What was the beginning of that question? (laughs) (laughs) I want you to talk about what a big deal it is. Oh, is it a big deal? Yeah. It's a a big deal for me. I don't know if other people understand if it's a big deal or not. And I don't know if they should feel like it's a big deal. Um, but it's definitely a big deal for me. I feel like I feel like I'm, I'm about I'm about to give birth to a second baby. Does that make sense? Wow! And will it be more painful or less painful? I think there's going to be more people involved. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it wasn't in the theatre last time. That's what you're saying. No, it wasn't in the theatre last time, and, and no one had an opinion on it last time. There weren't critic reviews. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's probably for the best. 
Um, I remember the only piece of yours that I've seen was Mm. possibly 10 years ago and I was on the second years of QUT and it was this beautiful swarm of ongoing down rock. Ah, yes, that was Empty Beats for Lonely Dancers. And you know what? A scene from that has made it into this. And tell me what it is what what is it that you've held on to? It is um, it is a section of the work which was in, uh, took its inspiration from um, Sol Will- a Sol Williams track. Ah, yep, yep. You know that track. Mm. Um, uh, oh, I don't have it in front of me. There's something about um, uh, empty heartbeats and humdrums and computers inside political systems and um, something like that. <laughs> so there's a section of the work where they just stay in exactly the same formation and they don't move more than a step in either direction and it's a lot of arm gestural movement uh-huh. um, and a lot of different kind of timings. For me, it looks like a little human inside of a computer motherboard type thing. I don't know if anybody else sees it that way, but for me, it's kind of like that. And that's that's the scene that you've come up with, the kernel that you've held on to from the piece that I saw many years ago. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. How did it go the other way around? So this time you're working with people who are very accomplished at the style and aesthetic and technique mm-hmm. of uh, what started as street dancing but yeah. on that piece you're working with and then you're going to put them in the theater but on that other piece you're working with contemporary dance students and trying to mm. get them to do down rock that didn't look like floor work i imagine yeah 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 it took a lot of training we did a <laughs> lot of we did a lot of drills uh-huh. yeah <laughs> so um I think they were pretty sore by the end of my time with them. <laughs> it's a particular, yeah. It's, it's a particular, well, I was talking about this with one of the guys in the group at the moment when we're looking for new people, mm. um, you know, saying that we needed dancers that had good foundations in popping and breaking. They didn't have to have amazing breaking, but there's a certain way when you top rock and down rock that um, looks natural or it doesn't. <laughs> yes. Um, and in that work originally, actually, one of the guys, Jake, he did he did have some uh, breaking background. Kuzma. So I was lucky, but yeah, yeah. He's been on the podcast. Aye, no way. Yeah, Yay. and uh, yeah, f- a few <laughs> years ago, I did a sh- uh, an evening called The Big Bounce, and it was just all yeah. different ways of engaging with dance, talking about it, watching it, doing it, partying it. Yeah. And um, Jake made a an installation video because he was living in China and I wanted him to be a part of it. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly where there's like this foundation and this crossover and there's interest and there's, there's Nick power describes it as being in your bones. He's like, he's, he said to me before, look, I can see that, you know, the steps, but it's not in your bones. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't really know how to make that transition. Yeah. Yeah. For me, I'm, I remember when I first started learning breaking. And How old were you? Very, very awkward when I top rocked. I was like 21. Okay, yeah. Yeah, so I was, I was kind of old, old to it, an oldie to it, I suppose. <laughs> I was 18, so <laughs> yeah, it's not yeah. so. <laughs> not too far, yeah, no. yeah. But um, yeah. I mean, I've done hip-hop 
curry and stuff before that, but okay. I'd never been into it. And how breaking. did it feel? And I was just feeling so awkward. <laughs> and I think I remember kind of the crossover of understanding the musicality of top rocking um, and then feeling like I was sitting in it. And that was like not actually being right on top of the beat, but sitting back in, in it. Yes, okay. Like there's a weird kind of swing rhythm to top rocking where it's it's kind of not on beat, even though it is. I don't know. I think as trained dancers, like we're taught, especially in ballet, you're taught so much to be on that, on top of the beat, like a one and two and one and two and one and two, you know? Like, yeah. Whereas I feel like there's a, there's a swing in top rocking that, well, you can't teach it. People just have to feel it. Yes, and I remember that feeling working against me when I went to learn house because I felt like yeah. when I was trying to house, I needed to be ahead of the beat, just ahead, yeah. not sitting yeah, back in that's it. Right. Yeah, and it's different for yeah all styles to all different music, isn't it? Because then popping, I remember one of the um, oh, best yes. pieces of advice I got from Sheru, uh, who's a, a amazing popper up here. Um, he said, let the music move you. It's like, don't move before the music. Mm. Let the music move you. And that was like one of the best pieces of advice I got. Got any more of those good pieces of advice? Mm, let me, f- I can't remember. One <laughs> 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 just came to me then, but yeah, quote Shiru on that one. <laughs> I remember um, a similar one, and I think it maybe mm-hmm. was from Joshua Thompson when I was. Yep. Uh, dancing alongside him up at Dance North for the one project that I did up there. And he, he said something like, it's better to do whatever it is that you do and dance it than to be so worried that you're getting the steps wrong that you n- never start dancing, whatever it is yeah. the thing. And so cool. I'm, I'm now much more comfortable with just that transition from moving to dancing. I think there is a difference. Yeah. When the dancing starts happening. Yeah. Um, can you tell me about being on a theatre and how you've had to deal with that and consider that? Because people, I imagine, are not sitting in the round and they're not cheering and they're not in a club. But a lot of these dance styles, like these aesthetics, they work really well up close and you're going to have people that way. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, for this work, I haven't performed it in a theatre yet because both of the developments have been in a studio. Yeah. So this will be the first time. And um, actually, it is um, it is in the round because it's at La Boite. Oh, cool. But, but we're striking the back bank, so it's just going to be in the U. I don't in, know in what you call horseshoe? that. In the horseshoe? Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> in the horseshoe? <laughs> I once I was working at, when I went to dance with, I had a... Yeah. Uh, mentor who was f- from Japan and I asked her what they call U-turns in Japan because I yeah. figured with a different alphabet uh, it would be different oh, but yeah. no, she told me they're still called U-turns. They just call it the same thing. Yeah, right. There you go. Interesting. But yes, yeah. so you're in a U. But, um, yeah, we're in a U and also kind of arena style seating. It's not a, a raised stage. So for me thinking about doing this work again because I always pictured it on a, you know, proscenium arch Mm-hmm. stage is um, oh actually the the audience are going to be kind of almost bird's eye viewing this oh yeah which is which is kind of cool actually especially for we have a, 
for all the breaking stuff because yeah. normally on a on a proscenium march stage, a lot of floor stuff gets lost to people yes. in the audience. So they're going to be kind of looking down on it, which is great because we do have a section which uh, works uh, is choreographed in a in a cipher in a circle. So. Oh, yeah. All right. I'm going to play with that now. I need a ladder to sit on in the rehearsal room. <laughs> That's true. Put yourself in the audience's position. Yeah, um, yeah. Is there anything you can give away about the piece without giving it away? Of course, people should go, still go and see it. Yeah, but like that uh, that thing about having the bird's eye view and getting able to see mm, down rock uh, that you usually miss out on. And Yeah, yeah. Um. You know what? I'm not completely sure what it is yet. <laughs> <laughs> We're still working on that. Cool. But um, I I hope they just get the feels, man. <laughs> um, I think um, a lot of interesting choreography. I think maybe um, in, in this next development, I've got to trust the, the dancers a little more and let them do their own thing. Yeah and let them freestyle in performance and all of that kind of stuff because, yeah. you know, they're all such amazing freestyle performers. Um, so, yeah, I really want to try and get some sections in there that have that How do you to it. Um, build a show where it will still take the shape that you envision so that it has the most impact, but also so that the power of the skilled freestyle can still come out yeah 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 that's something i'm i'm still yet to play with (laughs) i haven't got there yet i think um it's gonna i think it's gonna be a lot of communication with the dancers of like what the um subtext for their dancing is you call that in dance i know it's subtext in in drama um, intention. Uh, yes. That, intention? Uh, that yeah. also feels a bit drama too. What is it? It's like yeah. um, impulse maybe? Yeah. Yeah. So I think there's going to be yeah a lot of talking around what the impulse of their freestyle is and the purpose, why, how they're feeling, that kind of thing. Um, I think if I can tap into that with each of the performers, um, I hope that that will work because – I feel like that has worked when I've been in that process, like when I've been the performer improvising, when the choreographer has talked to me about what my intention is and um, what my journey is through that either piece of music or through the space or or that kind of thing. If I can grab onto those kind of things, I feel quite confident to improvise. Yes. You know, if it sits in a work that, is saying something. I mean, if it's if it's just an improvisation, I could do that for for hours. Like, I, I don't care. I'll just keep going. You know. <laughs> yeah, but you need the thing but, to come yeah. out in the allotted time and then move on. Yeah, that's right. It needs to have a have a journey, mm. and then you know, come to a conclusion. But um, yeah. So I think that's going to be interesting because I think a lot of uh, the street dancers when they freestyle, it's just for the it's to win a battle. Well, yeah, and or, there's a joy. Or it's a jam. Yeah, there's a joy and a discovery. Yeah. and it's. But when you're making a section of dance for a show, it's almost like you need mm. this section to take you, to take everyone viewing it from where yeah. we are to where we're about to go. Yeah, that's right. And to, yeah, try and guarantee that in something that is <laughs> improvised. Yeah. Do you think there's yeah. a difference between improvisation and freestyle or do you think they can be one and the same in this situation? 
Um, I think they're different. Yeah. Yeah, I feel, oh, they both mean the same thing, really, don't they? Like the actual words. I think it's the, you know, the context that you're doing them in. Yeah. Um, I guess for me, freestyle, I, like I'm quite within a vocabulary and I'm iterating, yeah. whereas improvisation seems a bit more... Um, like anything can happen. It seems like anything can happen. Yeah, which is why I think the jam is different. Like I would go to a contact yeah. improvisation jam when I was in living yeah. in VCA, living in Melbourne, going to VCA, yeah. and I would know that, okay, you walk into this room, these are the dance rules of yeah. the jam, yeah. and that's how everyone yeah. stays safe and that's how the game continues mm. to play. Yeah. Yeah, even though CI stands for contact improvisation, if there's a jam, there's there's rules. It's like a jazz music jam. Yeah. There's rules so that you can continue. Yeah, that's right. Uh, I It's 20 past eight. Yes, I better roll. Part one, point two. <laughs> has yep. been really good. <laughs> yeah, it's been awesome. Um, how many right. weeks until your show goes up and we have a recap? Um, uh, 10, 12, 12 okay. weeks. Okay. 13 weeks. 13 weeks will be post-show. <laughs> you you keen to talk about it during the season or after the season? Um, let's keep in touch. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> let's just see how I'm going for time. Well, thank you. Also, around uh, leading up to October will be uh, my senior senior dance students like finishing up, so it may be a little crazy. It might be best to do it after. Great! I can't wait. Yeah. I'm excited that cool. um, this even happened. Yay! Thanks, Matt. <laughs> um, thank you very right. much. I'll let you go. No worries. Cheers, man. All right, see you soon. Bye.